0: Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the Tri-State area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host Remy Leibovink speaks with Lauren D. Imperio, a versatile singer who has a mastery of musical expression, stage presence, education, and songwriting. Lauren's musical abilities range from Broadway tunes to Bach, having played in well-known venues such as Carnegie Hall, the theaters at MSG, NJPAC, PNC Bank Art Center, The Stone Pony, and more. She has toured the East Coast as well as abroad in London and Europe. You can learn more about her and her other projects in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Giglis or welcome to Giglis, the podcast of highlighting creatives in the tri-state area that have lost their jobs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we are joined by Lauren D. Imperio. She is a local musician in the North Jersey area, and she's going to tell us about herself.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um as Remy said, my name is Lauren Imperio. I am a singer and songwriter and entertainer. And my newest hat is actually a music teacher. Um, I started singing when I was two years old. Uh, my dad uh, was a singer-songwriter, and he had an entertainment company. And uh, so he would work from home, and my mom was a registered nurse, and she would work, um, and so she wouldn't be home with us during the day. Um, so uh, I was around my dad a lot. He used to sing to me all the time. And one day I just kind of picked it up and I started singing and I would sing anything I heard. First it was just Barney on the TV and my ABCs and Romper Room, all sorts of fun kids shows. Cause you know, I was really little when I did start singing. Um, and then I started singing in church. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic school uh, and went to Catholic church. Uh, so I started singing in the church and, um, Then, when I went to high school, I started singing in choir, and my teacher informed me that I had a really nice voice, and I didn't really think anything of it at the time, and I was just like, oh, whatever, I sing, I've always been a singer, my family's musical, we all sing, like, you know, it's not a, it's not a big deal, it's just how we, you know, celebrate as a family, you know, it's like singing, and, um, he hired me to sing in his church, um, so that was like when I was 15. And then I was like, wow, I really do love singing. I I can't see myself doing anything else in my life. And so um, when I was 15, I approached my dad, who still was playing music at the time. But my parents was got divorced when I was 10, so that there was a little bit of a break there. And my dad um, wasn't I wasn't in the same house as my dad anymore. Um, And I approached my dad, and I said, uh, Dad, I want to audition for American Idol. And my dad said, well, great, honey, what song are you going to sing? And I was like, I want to sing Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. And I sang this song for him, and he was like, wow, that's great, honey, but what other songs do you know? I was like, what do you mean, what other songs do I know? I don't have to know other songs. Like, what? Like, they just, you know, they put you on the TV. They, 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 They do it all for you. Like, what? And he was just like, well, you got to know other songs. And I was like, okay, so really cool. We started a family band. I was 15. My younger brother was 13 and he was playing guitar and my dad played guitar and sang. And the three of us went out and we used a drum machine at first and it was so much fun. Um, And then we wound up eventually getting a drummer and a bass player. Um, Then my dad was like, I want to write songs around your voice. So we started doing some songs uh, and wrote about an album's worth of material together, the three of us. Um, And I wound up never auditioning for American Idol because I was so uninterested at that point. And I was so interested in learning as much from my dad as humanly possible. And we were playing just locally all around the scene. Um, Our family band was called 3D Rock Band at the time. So 3Ds meaning 3D Imperios, because it was three of us we all have you know same thing um but so um at one point as I got older my dad and I really started to butt heads um you know how things go when you get older it's like ew parents and you know um, my dad and I were always very close but there were some personal things going on and and uh I decided that I had to step away from making music with my dad for a while I was like I can't do this anymore Meanwhile, I was still a church musician. I've always been a church musician, and I still am a church musician. Um, But so I walked away, and I was like, hmm, I want to work for some other people. Let's see what else is out there. So really cool few years. I um, decided that I wanted to do some session vocals, and I uh, got involved with a couple of people from BMI, um, who are songwriters who basically – Right, and then shop song deals. Um, so I was doing some things with them. I got involved with a company called Armenio Entertainment. Uh, Joe and Doreen Armenio, I love them very much. They're still great, close colleagues and friends of mine. Um, they have a doo-wop show. So I was singing backup vocals for their doo-wop show. Um, I was also in one of their other shows, um, highlighting basically uh, the greatest female vocalist of all time, the Dita Show. Um, I also became involved with, I'm trying to think now, I'm like backtracking, like all these different projects I was in. Um, I sang uh, with Anthony Tabish and First Kiss Entertainment. Uh, I still do some work with him, but he's now got a a steady person who does work with them. Um, So I took a break from original music for a while and I was just subbing everywhere, anywhere I could, just doing anything I could um, to make money. Of course. And to pay the bills. Um, meanwhile, I just skipped over all, all the amazing stuff I did in college at Montclair State. I went to Montclair State for communication and media, graduated in 2014. I went there thinking to myself, well, I'm doing my original music and I'm going to get famous, so none of this matters at all. I was like, none of this matters. I'm going to get famous. Who cares? Um, while I was at Montclair, I had the opportunity to sing at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center, uh, Carnegie Hall, and the Theater at Madison Square Garden, which was like, whoo, exciting. Um, really awesome musical moments with their choral program there. Really excellent music program at the John J. Kelly School of Music. Um, so then after I left Montclair, I was like, oh, I'll just be a performer. I'm settling into my life, all this stuff. Panicking, panicking. How am I going to pay my bills? meanwhile I noticed that you know I was uh, I think 24 at the time I was looking around at everyone I knew and uh everyone was getting married and getting houses and moving on with their lives and I was just like well I'm still doing music and I'm gonna be a performer forever and who cares and maybe I'll do Broadway or maybe I'll do this I don't know what I'm gonna do yet but who cares don't worry about that and um I got really caught up one day in, you know, not being able to pay my bills and the fear of like, you know, you're going to be 26 soon. You're not going to have insurance. Like you're going to be off your parents' insurance. One day I get a phone call from my dad and he was like, I met this guy. He's looking for a music teacher. And I was like, I'm not qualified to teach music. He was like, just call him. Just call him. So I called the guy and he was like, I saw your resume and I heard recordings of you. I need a voice teacher. I'll start you at $35 an hour. Do you want the job? He didn't even interview me. The guy did not even interview me. I'm like, of course I want the job. So I take this job and I, um, I'm i basically learning now on the job because I had never taught before that. So um, I took the job and I, I realized that I loved it. Um, I didn't love sometimes getting flack for having to take off for a gig. But I loved working with kids. I still love working with kids. Um, And I love that I got to do something that I'm really passionate about, which is music um, and singing. I was only teaching voice lessons, so I loved it. Um, So I had that job. And then one night I was in a bar singing karaoke And I had a random stranger come up to me and say, Hey, do you teach voice lessons? And I said, actually I do. Why are you asking? They were like, I love your voice and we need a new teacher at our school. The starting pay is this much. And I'm like, that's a way better opportunity than where I'm at now. So during this time, I decided to go back to school part time at Bergen Community College. Woo! I was like, I need to. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to learn music theory. I need to learn how to play the piano. I need to learn all this stuff because if I'm actually going to be a teacher, I need to just do it. Um. So this other job, teaching job, panned out really well. It actually gave me an opportunity to get into the classroom. Uh, it was at a private school, uh, Tuxedo Park School in uh, Tuxedo Park, New York. And it allowed me to get into the classroom and teach pre-K to third grade general music. Now, private lessons and being in a classroom are two totally different things. Um, Because private lessons, it's one-on-one instruction versus in a classroom, it's like 25 kids versus you. (laughs) And um, I found out that I love that. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go back to school and get my degree to become a music teacher. Meanwhile, um, I joined another band. Uh, I joined this band Running Late, and I wound up being with them for two years, doing music with them. Um, I'm no longer in that band. I actually left that band right before all of the craziness happened with the pandemic. Um, But other than that, I still do a lot of church work. Um, So I'm a singer at church. Um, I'm one of the ladies who, like, raises their arm and brings the congregation in when they sing. Um, I also still do a lot of session work uh, for songwriters, both in person and virtually, because I've got my own role set up here. Um, I sing in choirs. I sing with other bands. Um, right now, I'm the sub lead vocalist for... Um, Radio Nashville, which is a country cover band, and uh, The Benjamins, which is like a rock, pop, punk, like cover band from this area. Okay. So I do a lot of – and right now I'm working on like original, new original music too. So it's kind of – I've always done a little bit of everything when it comes to singing because I feel if you are going to be a singer and be successful – You have to do it all,
1: absolutely. And so, what's your pitch?
2: Oh man, my pitch to hire me.
1: No, your pitch like, are you a soprano? Are you an alto?
2: (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness, my vocal range. Um, so I'm a soprano, but I'm like a lyric, and I can sing lower than most sopranos. Uh, you can hear that my speaking voice is a little lower. I actually have very bad speaking habits. They are very bad. Same. Um, I, if you can hear, and there are probably people who are vocal pedagogues out there listening, um, I kind of speak in like vocal fry. You can hear it at the ends of my phrases. It's very bad.
1: No yeah. good. I, um, um, I did choir for basically all my schooling. And then when I went to college, I dropped choir. But I was a soprano one, so yay. <laughs> I was special. Oh wow! So proud. <laughs> and now I feel like I sound like an alto, but I'm like, it's just because I haven't. You have. It's really a muscle that you need to train and you need to keep up with. So that's good to hear that you've been keeping up with, um, that you've been keeping up with the, you know, the practice and the skill during this time especially that you have your own equipment. So you're not really working with limited resources, right? Or are you? Yeah. Well,
2: my resources are kind of limited right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in Bergenfield, which is in Bergen County. And when I saw that, okay, I also, I also should let you know that I, I currently have no health insurance. Yep. I haven't had health insurance since January 1st. And, um, pretty, pretty scary time to not have health insurance. Um, but, uh, when I saw the coronavirus, uh, hit neck and hit it really hard, I'm like, I'm out of here. So right now I'm in my mom's house down in South Jersey. So I don't have any of my, like this keyboard that I have in front of me is not my keyboard. It's my boyfriend's. Um, it's kind of limited, uh, Comparing it to my keyboard, I have a Mod X8 at home, which is really nice. It's got really nice synth sounds and looping features and tracks and stuff. But right now I've got this. I sprung for a um, Blue Yeti X. I couldn't afford it, but right now I'm doing a lot of live streaming. And so I was like, I want the quality of all my videos and content to be better. And that's why I sprung for the microphone, even though I could not afford it. Um, And that's really it. And the internet connection, that's all you need, really. Just the instrument and the internet.
1: Yeah, I tell tell everybody that I invest in gear. I like spending a lot of money on, like, things that are going to actually carry me through. Versus things that will, like, look nice on me. (laughs) So... I I tend to splurge a little bit on gear and materials. But, you know, as everybody that's listened to this podcast before, we only record using Zoom calls because we're practicing social distancing. So if it wasn't for Dane, our producer, doing the mix, we would not have any... um, We wouldn't have, like, any good quality audio, basically. (laughs) Yay, Dane. Yeah, Dane. So getting into it, because you basically told us what your typical gig is and what you do and everything. It's a fascinating life story. Um, how has COVID-19 affected you? Like, let's start off with you going to South Jersey.
2: Uh, well, like I said, I, in fear of catching this thing because I don't have insurance, um, I decided to pick up and come down here um had all my gigs not been canceled this decision would have impacted me greatly because I I travel for all my work I mean there are some times where on the weekends I'll I'll work with a wedding band and we'll sing a wedding in New York State or we'll sing a wedding in Atlantic City or I'll do a bar gig in Atlantic City or um up north where I live and it's um If all of my gigs had not been canceled, that would have greatly impacted me. But not only has school for the semester gone virtual, but all of my gigs have been either canceled or postponed uh, for the near future. Everything in March and April, a complete wash. Um, I actually, I made a list. Uh, The second I had one of my gigs canceled, I started a list of gigs that I've lost. Um, and it's just, it's insane to think that, uh, um, well, I, I only made my list up to two weeks, so I stopped counting at the end of March, but I haven't counted everything I lost in the last week, which, um, so let's take a look at March real quick. So on a typical weekend, uh, on a Sunday, I always sing in church. So Sunday morning, usually, and then Sunday night as well.
1: Do you get paid for that? Yes,
2: I do. Okay. So
1: I used to do volunteer
2: stuff when I was younger. Um, but I mean, I've been paid to be in church now since I was like 16. So I, I don't go anywhere now without getting paid unless it's like a family friend who, who passes away or something and they need, a singer, in which case um, I actually lost one of my best guy friends from my childhood um, in a car accident. Now it'll be four years in September, and I sang his funeral for free because we were very close, and his death was very sudden, and it was just very sad. It was actually the hardest thing I've ever done in my career.
1: Oh, my goodness. I could only imagine how, like, keeping on pitch. I'd just lose it. Um, his mom,
2: his mom personally asked me to sing and I was just like, I don't know. I I was like, of course I'm going to sing like, but I'm like thinking in my head, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then when I got there, I just, I was like, this is another gig. Like, just, just focus, keep your energy focused. By the time the very last phrase left my mouth. And, like, the funeral was, like, over, and it was the recessional hymn where they're rolling the casket out of the church. I, like, literally dropped to the floor and was hysterical in tears.
1: Oh, my
2: God. I, like, I held it together to the very end. Um, what's insane about that day is that, so my friend worked for iHeartMedia. He was, uh, he worked in the classic rock department um, with everyone from Q1043. And Ken wow. Dashow was at his funeral wow and Ken Dashiell goes you have the voice of an angel and I was like you're Ken Dasho? oh my <laughs> god I like was it was just crazy surreal and I was like I'm thinking to myself yeah my friend would have set that up
1: that's so sweet I'm again I'm so sorry for your loss but so so definitely there's a there's a whole impact like the whole funeral industry is basically I don't think you can have more than eight people right now
2: well so right now there's no like I haven't had any gigs like funerals and weddings like I have not had any of those of course um because they're all they're they're not supposed to even be happening um there was a wedding okay so let's go back to that list that I made yeah Uh, I was supposed to do um, St. Patrick's Day parties. Those got canceled.
1: I know. I I was supposed
2: to sing with uh, the Benjamins at the end of March for a wedding, and that got canceled. Um, Because it's Lent and it's Easter, there's a lot of, like, church things that I was supposed to do that got canceled, like Stations of the Cross, stuff like that. Um, Taking a look now on my calendar for April. Oh, so the other thing is that, so I teach in addition to performing. So what I do right now for my income is I have my performing and then I have my teaching and together they make my income like supplement, they supplement one another. Um, and so I have actually lost some of my students because some of them don't want to do the virtual lessons.
1: I mean, I taught kids for five years doing Taekwondo, and very physical things, it's very hard for children to learn from just watching, Um, especially with a lot of learning uh, learning disabled children, having someone there and physically teaching them is a lot different, it's more of an impact on them than just them looking at a screen.
2: Yeah, it's the truth and a lot of parents right now also don't want their kids on the screen too much because think about it we've got um you know all of the schools right now are doing online learning and it's like these kids are in front of the screens or in front of the television and stuff all day long yeah and even though they're in front of their instrument they're still on the screen. having to communicate virtually um so it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, in addition to voice, I teach like beginner piano lessons. My youngest student right now is three and a half. Yeah. And she's actually brilliant, um, but her parents, and understandably so, stopped lessons until this whole thing is over.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of. Um for people that have never worked with children that are listening in, it's a lot of physical presence that goes involved and that is involved with teaching them. And right here, I, I have in my hand, my, my blue light filter glasses. I have about two players. Yeah. She's got them too, because you just get to this point. I would, when I was in school, I was a graphic design and digital studies major. I would just get, headaches like the back of my eyes just because the amount of screen time that I was getting so it's very understandable you know but sad if only they
2: could see us right
1: now with our glasses Oh, we look look like such nerds I love it so you know taking a more introspective look how are you coping with this Emotionally and mentally.
2: Well, this has been a really interesting time. Uh, like I said earlier in the interview, I actually left my band running late uh, a week or two before this all kind of hit the fan. And um, it's allowed me to take this time that I wouldn't normally have and explore who I really am as a musician and a person. It's been kind of scary because who wants to face themselves and who they really are, right? Um, It's been kind of scary because I've spent a lot of my life, you know, you're such a good singer, you should do this. Okay, I'll do it. It's like, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'm like the yes man. It's like, what do I actually want what to do? What am I actually good at? Like, how do I want to spend my life in regards to music? Like, what does that look like for me? And I need to sit down and be authentic about that. And that's something that I have not been doing for years. And it's like, well, I'm going to be 28 next month. I'm wasting time. Like, yeah. And, um, so it's been, it's been a blessing to be able to kind of sit here and just deal with myself, my feelings, figure out who I am. It's also been really nice because I've been here with my boyfriend, um, who I love and adore very much, who is incredibly supportive of me in every artistic decision. And, um, and we've been together now for four weeks straight. And it's like, well, I don't want to kill him. He doesn't want to kill me
1: madly love. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, it's a uh, it's kind of hard right now with a lot of couples because this whole social distancing thing like my my boyfriend, he works in Fort Lee. I have people at home that I live with that are immunocompromised. I and with the way that I found out how they basically trace people, if you have a case in your house like they will find out everywhere that you went. And I, as a person, could not live with myself if I brought that back home. So I know that it's, like, it's been very difficult um, just, like, patience-wise because I, like, I want to see them, and I can't. So, it's yeah. Yeah, but getting back to you... <laughs> what have you done and so you're taking more of an introspective look and your art so you're looking into different ways into expressing yourself what you truly want to express with yourself how like are you exploring other genres are you staying with the stuff that you know what are you pushing through this
2: so right now what I'm doing is I uh so my piano skills have always been you know laughable. I love to say laughable because that's what they are. (laughs) And so part of what I've been doing during this time is improving my piano skills so that I can play and sing. Um, and so what I've been doing now twice, uh, or sometimes even three times a week is I live stream on my Facebook and my Instagram and I go on and I play and sing. And it's, been a really challenging experience for me uh in the best way because I've only grown I mean if I showed you my live stream from two weeks ago you'd laugh and be like who'd hire her and then if I showed you my live stream from last Sunday you'd be like wow she's pretty good um my singing is you know I've been working on my craft now for all my life basically and I, I think my singing is is good Um, But my piano skill is horrible. Um, And to be able to play and sing at the same time is very challenging.
1: Oh, I know. It it just seems when I did choir and just even, you know, going, seeing Dane and everybody else that he goes with and going to live shows, it's a miracle how people sing and play at the same time.
2: It's really hard. And so that's something that I've been working on. Uh, I've also been writing my own songs. Uh, The first song I ever wrote was when I was 16 with my dad. And my dad and I have done a lot of co-writes together. Um, When I was in my band, did a lot of co-writes. But now I'm like, you know what? It's, It's time for my voice to shine through. And enough of my voice being suppressed or changed or, you know, ignored. Like, I want my voice to be heard now. And this time is my time.
1: And that's why you're on (laughs) Giggler. Thank you
2: so much. I
1: think that, I honestly think that that's great. So are you experimenting with putting out like a solo kind of project? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm hoping that by the summer, I have an album written. Uh, I already have a couple songs done, uh, but I mean, I'm also still in school full-time right now, which is time-consuming, but so I'm hoping by the summer to have everything kind of written and then use the time during the summer to record. The problem now is, though, is that I'm going to run into financial trouble when I'm trying to record this thing.
1: Yeah, I hope that a lot of people... Co- collaborate more and come together like at least in the creative community that's my hope because there's going to be a lot of people that just don't have the money to invest and I think that it would be great if we just talked about open source as creatives. you know
2: yeah exactly I, um, I really don't know what's going to happen quite yet but cross that bridge when I get there, I guess. But there's definitely a solo release coming.
1: That's good. I've been excited for it. I definitely want to hear it. Um, Thank you. I think that it's just like such a wonder for people that never went to church with like actual like singing. It definitely changes the environment. I don't know. I think that like music just in even like, music or arts or performance just like it just puts just it just makes things like a different experience you know
2: yeah exactly and um so the album the genres that I sing mostly are like pop jazz kind of like acoustic um a little bit of classical uh what would you say Celine Dion is genre-wise
1: I could say she's beyond. <laughs> right. I I can't Bieber. just I can't just on, put it. She's got
2: she's got a lot of um, crossover in her, and for me that's definitely something that I that I am. I definitely am not like in a box. Here I am. It's one genre. It's easy to explain. Bam. Like that's not my vocal style at all.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. To our listeners, my dog, that is also a very famous, uh, she's basically our co host at this point. Oh, um, she's so cute. Yeah, she came, She was crying at the door. And I was like, Aww. She, she wanted to meet you. She's
2: very cute.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I will definitely post pictures of the mystery dog that everybody hears in every recording. But. Yes. Definitely. And that's just another thing with working from home that everybody's just learning to cope with. How are you, so how are you taking working from home when you have to do like your voice? Like how was, was it easy to adapt to that or was it difficult?
2: So, uh, the first week was a little weird just because of the technology and like the delays and internet connection and Um, My students also had a lot of adjusting to do as well. Um, As far as the performing from home goes, I can't lie. It's pretty cool to be able to sit in front of like the laptop with the the webcam going and and just play and sing in an environment that's comfortable is nice. Um, I've been dressing up now for all my live streams. Like I'll put makeup on, do my hair, dress up plan a little bit of set list. And then what I do is I invite everyone watching to put requests in the comments. And that has been extremely challenging and an amazing learning experience for me because someone goes, someone goes, Hey, play piano man by Billy Joel. I'm like, wait, what play piano man. I can't play piano man. What are you on drugs? But meanwhile, on the camera, I'm like, sure, I'll play piano man for you. And I'm playing, like, block chords, singing, and I'm just like,
1: I'm like, oh, my God. You're winging it. What's the strangest (laughs) request that you've gotten so far?
2: Moon Dance by Van Morrison.
1: Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) And Baby Shark. (laughs)
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely for the kids back home I mean do your students watch your live streams?
2: Not that I know of um, I've it, it's funny I've kind of kept my teacher and my performer persona very separate and um, why? I, exactly I don't know and uh, I think that you know I was talking to one of my friends about this yesterday because I'm talking about rebranding. Um, you know, I've always been the front woman. I've always been Lauren D. I've always been like this energetic ball of energy on a stage running around in front of a band doing her thing, and it's like, you know, uh, part of me like loves that and admires that and wants to continue that. And then there's a part of me that's like, it's time for a fresh start. It's time for just maybe me and the piano and some singing and and you know, I, I don't know. Uh, right now I'm, I'm still figuring things out and I guess that's what's really cool about this time is that I wouldn't normally have this time to sit here and, and you know be with myself and just be
1: absolutely I think that it's such it's so great that you're having a positive experience and that you're coming out of this with like new knowledge with your piano right but at the same time you know you're not putting there's a lot of pressure I feel on us to like learn new skills or hone skills and it's like I love the fact that you're just taking things day by day
2: yeah I feel like that's the only way to do it because you know there. it's like last week like I didn't want to get out of bed I was not motivated to get out of bed I was like why why am I doing this why am I getting up oh because I have to get up oh yeah because I have to get to class online yeah. I have to log on. I have to log on at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for this class. And it's like, well, like, it's just crazy. But, you know, the only way to do it is take it day by day because we're not promised tomorrow anyway.
1: That is true. And I think now more than ever, a lot of people, like I said on every episode almost, is that people are starting to appreciate every single, you know, aspect of arts and culture and music and performance because it's not there anymore, technically. Well, physically. I
2: posted something on my Facebook a week ago and it said, people love opera now. People love the arts now. People need the arts. People need movies now. People need entertainment now. Um, And then it said at the bottom, it said, remember this when you go to cut your arts budgets.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, a hundred and ten percent with you there. Oh my goodness gracious! I just, I think the arts are just so vital, and but they're always the first to get chopped. It's wild. Absolutely. So, where do you see yourself in the future?
2: Well. So next semester I do student teaching and I'll hopefully be certified to teach music in New Jersey. I don't really know what I'm going to do after that. um, As far as whether I'm going to get a full-time teaching job or not, I've kind of been like back and forth, back and forth about it. Um, But I do know that I love teaching uh, privately. I've kind of toyed with the idea of opening my own business. Um, And like, because uh, what I do now is I, I teach for other people's schools, so I've, I've contemplated opening my own like business and becoming like an LLC and just teaching my own clients because I have a couple of those, um, and then also performing. A lot of a lot of musicians have a day job or side hustle, and my day job or side hustle just so happens to be music I told myself in my life that there's nothing else I could see myself doing like I can't go and get an office job and sell my soul I just can't do it
1: oh my god been there done that um, it's miserable it's just miserable it's it, and you want to know what it is because a lot of creative people like you say you enjoy the classroom you say that you enjoy teaching people a lot of creative people they need those problem-solving skills they need a daily challenge they need something that they can you know put a spin on you know just add that extra and i feel that when you have like that kind of mundane job things just those those aspects just aren't there
2: um it, on the other hand, too, it's like if you have a job like that, but some big opportunity comes up in your career, it's like, well, I'm not attached to my job. I guess I'll just leave. Um, but as far as the future goes, uh, I know I definitely want to do graduate studies in vocal performance, 100%. I already know that down the road, whether it's like a year from now, five years from now. What's your dream I definitely for? want to do vocal my dream school you know it's funny that you asked that because I'm really not sure what my dream school is uh, I do know that I wanted to I want to go to a conservatory in New York City because I feel I deserve it
1: absolutely so what's a conservatory for those listening that don't know
2: so a conservatory uh is basically like a, it's almost like you know how there's MIT like the institution of technology a conservatory for music is like it's music that's all it is and it's basically world-class educators in world-class facilities. So, for example, the music conservatories in New York City that I'm talking about, there are three of them. Mm -hmm. There's Juilliard, Manhattan School of Music, and Manus Mm
1: -hmm. School
2: of Music, the new school. Um, So, and those schools all are highly competitive and have amazing programs. Now, the whole thing with grad school is that I want to find a program that um, offers like crossover vocal performance. Um, it's, it's kind of a new thing. I don't know that any school in particular offers it. Uh, I have to do my research. Um, but I don't want to go to school for just one genre. Like I want to learn classical and jazz. I want to learn Musical theater and pop. I want to do, and I've thought, you know, um, I almost went to Berkeley College of Music for my undergrad. I wish I, I wish I had done that years and years and years ago when I wasn't established. Um, but you know, Berkeley College of Music, wonderful program. Oh, um, I'm, I'm gonna take a look at their graduate programs and see what they've got to offer, um, because that's also a dream school of mine. So. I still don't know what they offer as far as local performance and grad programs, but I do know that grad school's on the list. Um, releasing my debut solo album on the list of things to do. Uh, continue to get better at piano. Um, get health insurance. That's, that's one.
1: <laughs> get health insurance. Get health insurance.
2: I applied for Medicaid. Right before all of this happened, because I was like, well, I can't afford insurance from the marketplace. I can't, because I'm paying for my school right now out of pocket. And so it leaves me at the end of the month with like not even $500 to my name.
1: Wait, I thought in the state of New Jersey, you're you're covered by the insurance of the college.
2: So this is wild. William Patterson, um, for a few years, didn't offer health insurance to their students. They're, rein, they're reinstating that in September.
1: That is because Rutgers and Bergen, you have to like sign a sheet saying, I'm not taking your... You have to like prove it. Oh.
2: William Patterson, I don't know what they did for a while, but they were like, nope, we're not doing that. And so when I enrolled there, I was like, well, I guess I'm SOL. Um, but wow. in September, they're reinstating that. So... When I applied for Medicaid in uh, January, February, they denied me because they claimed I make $200 over the limit a month. So I called them today and I was like, I am out of work and you need to reopen my claim and approve me because I have no insurance and I'm panicking. They were like, just fill out a new application and don't panic because God forbid something does happen to you. We have resources. And I'm like, great. So I'll hopefully have health insurance within the next few weeks, which will definitely calm my anxiety down.
1: Absolutely. Um, and as far as the live
2: streaming goes, I'm going to keep live streaming. And once, once things get back to a sense of normal, where like things are open again and there are gigs happening again and stuff, um, I really want to go into the city and like just sit down at a piano and like, in like a bar and like, at an open mic and, like, playing my music and just oh like, yeah. let play, people, let people hear me, meet people. Like, I've been so scared of putting myself out there for so long, and I'm just like, you know what? Life is too short. Just get out there and go.
1: Yeah, we definitely want the things we cannot have, and a lot of people are now starting to realize that. So we're getting close to our time cap. Where can our listeners find you? Where? What are your... Tags, websites, such like that, portfolio.
2: All right. So everyone can find me at Lauren D. Vocals on all social media platforms. So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm on Facebook.com slash Lauren D. Vocals. Um, I have a Reverb Nation account. It's kind of old with older music on it. Uh, That's also Lauren D. Vocals. Um, or just look up my name, Lauren D. Imperio. Um, I don't think there are any other Lauren D. Imperios in the world, so I'm excited for that. Um, but that's it, really. And just be on the lookout for the new music. And if anyone is interested in collaborating at this time or interested in music lessons online, you can also shoot me an email at lauren at gmail.com.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited for that. I think that that's so great that you're like a real professional and you want to like collaborate with people. I think that's awesome.
2: Yes, especially now. Like we all have the time. we are all home.
1: Yeah, that's what I love about doing gig lists is I know you guys have time. <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being the guest on this podcast. And yeah, guys, follow her, listen to her, support her. Thank you guys for listening to GigList. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay, Dan, take us out.
0: Thank you for listening to the GigList podcast. Hosted by Remy Levovich and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used in our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at podcast and our website, Gigglispodcastblog.wordpress.com. There you can find out more about the artist, contact the hosts and producers, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.